Welcome to BSD Talk number 256. It's Wednesday, September 16, 2015. So first, I'd like to give a big thank you to VeriSign for putting together VBSDCon and also all the sponsors who helped make it possible. Once again, it was an excellent conference and it was also really lovely to see everyone again. It's just such an excellent group of people and it's just amazing to see the conversations that happen. Um, you know, if you can make any of these conferences, I always recommend it. Unfortunately, due to the date change, I wasn't able to make BSDK in this year. And so I was definitely itching to get together with my crowd of people who are allowed to talk about computers throughout the entire dinner table conversation, and it's not considered weird or rude. So it's nice to hang out with that crowd. Um, also, while I was down at VBSDCon, I finally got around to fixing all the broken links in my podcasts. A few episodes ago, I talked about how the um, server at the university that hosted my audio files is finally no more. And even though I had moved everything over to archive.org, I hadn't gone back and actually updated all the links on all my previous podcasts. Unfortunately, for some of you, you probably noticed that your podcatcher client was saying, oh, gosh, there's all kinds of um, new episodes from BST Talk. And my apologies for spamming you in that way. But those links did need to get fixed. And now everything should be good going forward. What follows is the first of the interviews that I got at VBSDCon, this time with Alan Jude. So here it is. Hi, we're here on the first day of VBSDCon, and I was able to track down Alan Jude, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about another part of your life, not just working uh, directly on servers and FreeBSD, but uh, you've been jumping into authoring articles and documentation, and one of the things that you've done, I guess, is partnered with Michael Lucas for a book. So mm-hmm. tell me about that project. Yeah, um... I wanted to do a book for quite a while, and I kind of started one in my spare time on Nginx and Varnish and just HTTP acceleration in general. Uh, but, you know, it was one of those things, oh, I should work on this other thing. So it kind of got pushed back and back and never really made anything out of it. Uh, and then I really wanted to do one about ZFS, uh, but I had kind of had the same problem. It's like actually getting started. You know, once you get started, it's not so bad, but it's that, that initial blank page is, is quite a hump to get over. Uh, and then when Michael started doing his, it was like, well, I can't say, hey, Michael, could you not, you know, do a different subject? I want to do ZFS if I'm not actually going to get started. <laughs> so I reached out to him, and then it's like, hey, how would you feel about teaming up? And he's like, well, you know, I don't normally do that, but, you know, uh, they would probably be helpful in this case because, you know, we both bring different strengths to the book and, and so on. And, and uh, so we came to an agreement and worked it out, and it seems to have worked quite well. Well, that's good. So this is the uh, ZFS Mastery book. Yeah, uh, FreeBSD Mastery ZFS. Uh, ZFS, okay, sorry. Um, and the cover, I guess, is some people coming down on wheeled, wheeled devices. with yeah, uh, it's, uh, a piece of classic art. Uh, French one about people on bicycles, and we yep. replaced the... Uh, the lead person. The leading lady mm-hmm. on this funny bicycle with uh, the beastie. Oh, right, right. So so that's the one to look for. Yep. Now, 
I guess, and you know, with moving targets, it's always hard. Mm-hmm. You know, the technology world moves quickly. But I guess, roughly, how long ago did you start writing it? And you know, versus when it came out, and um, I guess, what versions of mm-hmm. ZFS or ZFS is it covering? It mostly targeted FreeBSD ten point one because uh, that's what was current at the time. We started writing it in about January of this year, twenty fifteen, uh, with you know some prequel a little bit for that, and it took a little while to actually get started. Uh, but then we wrote the book uh, surprisingly quickly, actually, to actually get it put together. And, and then uh, about as a third of the way in, we realized that the book's going to be too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we decided to uh, split certain subjects off that weren't critical to effectively using ZFS uh, to a second book, which we called Advanced ZFS. Um, and... Then you know we were plumbing up the book and it's like oh we're gonna have enough stuff and it's like yes <laughs> we end up overflowing the target we aimed at anyway uh, and and doing that and then the surprising thing for me is that it actually I think in the end took me more time reviewing the book and polishing it than it actually did writing it initially mm-hmm. and I kind of thought that actually generating the content was going to be the hard part and because this is a FreeBSD mastery book mm-hmm. it doesn't cover extensions that were put in by now Oracle, right? It's, right, it's, so it, does, it only covers features of OpenZFS that are available in FreeBSD. Uh, in general, as far as OpenZFS goes, there's pretty much feature parity across all the different operating systems, so the book will mostly apply equally to Illumos or, mm-hmm. or Linux or whatever, or even you know the appliances that use it, like an Accenta. Uh, but there are some bits that are specific, like you know, advice about using Gpart and mm-hmm. uh, the section on you know how you should label your drives with with uh, the Geom label system. Mm-hmm. Obviously, doesn't apply to other operating systems. But in general, most of the content is pretty agnostic, uh, even to the closed source Solaris one, but they, or Oracle one. But they mm-hmm. will change things at random and have different features and different version numbers and so on. And there's just you know, especially since I don't have access to any of the closed Solaris stuff, I, it, it didn't make sense to try to target it. But in general, if you just want to understand the basics of ZFS, the, at least especially the uh, the first book will work with any ZFS, uh, even if you're on an older version or something. You know, some people still have V28 or something. Uh, but the second book will be much more specific. You know, with the tuning advice and so on, it'll all be FreeBSD specific. Sure. I you know, for me at least, it's, I'm happy to see some newer documentation coming out. Uh, I, I would say that the documentation that was in, you know, when it was Solaris was all very good, and there was a lot of excellent early documentation. And from what I remember, and I don't know whether it's changed, changed recently, but a lot of the documentation would point to Sun Microsystems websites for continuing documentation, and that may still linger. Now, obviously, you're not putting this on the web, mm-hmm. but um, having some newer documentation that is happening outside of that organization is much appreciated. Well, that was one of the biggest problems even doing the research for the book, is the, all the links that point to sun.com redirect to Oracle, but they redirect to the front page, not to where Oracle has moved that documentation to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole Open Solaris website was taken down entirely. Uh, so a lot of the stuff... You know, just kind of vanished, or is, you know, you can Google and find fragments of it here or there or whatever, but it's a lot harder to go through. And then the other thing is that there are things like the Solaris Evil Tuning Guide or whatever that has all this advice about ZFS, much of which is actually incorrect in the case of FreeBSD or incorrect in the case of 
we've changed ZFS a lot. You know, the way the, you know, the SysCTLs of Toxable don't even exist anymore. We've replaced them with entirely new subsystems and so on. So it was important to get some docs out there. And, you know, when I first got involved with documentation, it was on my way to my second BSD can ever. Uh, in 2013, I wrote uh, the starts of what became the ZFS chapter of the FreeBSD handbook. Mm-hmm. And then I came to my first doc sprint and met, uh, I had already met Drew before, but I met more documentation people and got involved in what it actually took to switch from my plain text that I had written uh, on the train on the way to BSD can into and learning docbook and so on. And then as I continued to work on that, by at the next BSD can, 2014, I got my doc commit bit and got to start, you know, committing stuff uh, more directly. And uh, yeah, there's you know we've got quite a bit of good documentation in the handbook, but what's particularly interesting at the moment is that there are a lot of really interesting new features in the pipeline, and like some of them where Delphix has finished writing the feature and open sourced it, it just is in the process of being uh, integrated into Illumos, and then as soon as that's done, literally less than a week, and it'll be in FreeBSD, uh, and it's like you know at some point we've got to try to get ahead of it and start documenting how that's going to work before it even arrives, maybe, or so that the documentation can be there quickly when it does arrive. Uh, you know, one of the most exciting features for me is resumable send. So when you're doing ZFS replication, in my particular use case, that can be replicating data sets above to 500 gigabytes over the internet from North America to Australia. Uh, and when that gets interrupted, you have to start over, That that's hours and hours of time and money, uh, bandwidth, mm-hmm. and being able to just resume that instead will be great. But it changes quite a bit about the way replication works. You have to have these cookies. Uh, and more importantly, it doesn't work with recursive replication. Mm-hmm. So if you just say, here's my top-level data set, rate, replicate everything, that's not really resumable. Whereas mm-hmm. The resume will always have to be just this one data set. And so there's a lot of changes coming. And mm-hmm. that's the other thing I've started to run into is the tools that are available. Uh, you know, there are at least five or six different tools for managing ZFS snapshots. But each one seems to have its own problems. Uh, the one I originally started with, uh, ZFS Snapshot Management, which is in Ruby, relies on the data set actually being mounted somewhere so it can find the little hidden .zfs directory to look through the snapshots instead of using like the ZFS command line interface. And that caused me a problem when I was having two data sets mounted to the same place somewhere. To submit, uh, they were the source and destination of my mirroring system because this one machine was the source for this data set, but was a slave for this data set. And they, so they're both mounted to the same location so the web server could find them, and it couldn't manage the snapshots, and then it wasn't deleting the snapshots. So then I was creating a snapshot every 15 minutes, but the old ones weren't being reaped. And this caused all kinds of problems. <laughs> and, you know, other tools have different problems, like... And so then I'm like, well, I kind of want to make a new tool now. Like, I don't have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like uh, I kind of stumbled into maintaining ZXFer, which is a, a shell script for replicating uh, ZFS snapshots to an, a remote system. And it was written by somebody else, but hadn't been updated since like FreeBSD 9.1. And so with 9.2 and 9.3 and, and 10 and so on, there's new properties that were introduced that needed special handling in the script. And so I started adding those and, and the port. My GitHub is now the upstream of it. But obviously, I'm going to have to look at either building something entirely new or 
adding a lot of code to that in order to support things like the resuming replication. So are these various tools that you're talking about all addressed in the book? Uh, we picked one tool to talk about in the book for the snapshots, and mm-hmm. replication isn't covered until the second book. Gotcha. And we haven't actually picked a tool yet, but there are only two or three to pick from. Mm-hmm. Replication tools aren't as easy to find as the snapshot tools. Sure. And the, I guess the target audience for this first book is system administrators, not mm-hmm. developers? Yeah, uh, and that will be the same for the second book. Uh, the first book is anybody that just wants to use ZFS. So even if you're just a regular user and you just want to use it on your laptop, uh, the second book will get more into this is how you tune ZFS when you want to run a bunch of VMs off of it, uh, or this is how you do when you, you know you have a database that's backed by ZFS, uh, or you know I'm doing big all the video files for my video production system or whatever your different workload might be, talking about how to do that, and it will dig a little bit into Dtrace to kind of see what's going on and figure out what. Uh, and that was another interesting one is that uh, Adam Leventhal on his blog at Delphix has uh, this bunch of information and some D-trace scripts for playing with ZFS's new write throttle, which uh, rebalances the way ZFS writes to the disk to be faster instead of more fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, there's a bunch of D-trace scripts, but one of them doesn't work on FreeBSD because our compiler, being Clang instead of GCC, uh, compiles the code slightly differently and ends up inlining this one function. And so Dtrace doesn't see the boundary. Uh, and so I had to actually commit a fix to that so that we'll be able to talk about it in the book. Now, one thing I imagine, and, and maybe it's not the case, but I imagine it would be difficult to find that balance between having an interest in a book and also being someone who contributes to the handbook and trying to figure out how do I continue to do great work for the handbook without cannibalizing or diminishing the value of a book that I want mm-hmm. people to buy. And so how do you decide what content you're really going to be putting into the FreeBSD community versus into a book? The biggest thing is even just the style of writing is a lot different. Um, looking at Lucas's book especially, or especially even the ZFS book, there are a bunch of him and I sniping back and forth at each other playfully uh, sprinkled all over the book uh, and stuff like that. And it's really... You know, it's it talks about I and you, and it's more informal and and how to actually apply it to specific situations. Whereas in the handbook, it's just like these are the steps to do this operation, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very different format, and the the book just provides a lot of the kind of the stuff that allows you to connect those various bits of information into the concept in your mind and. But, yes, at the same time, it's like, you know, I only have so much time, and, you know, that goes into the book and maybe not the handbook. Uh, the bigger one for me has been the same question relating to the FreeBSD journal. Mm. So I've written uh, three articles now for them. Uh, specifically, the one that's in question now is the one I wrote last year about IPFW. Uh, the handbook section IPFW is quite lacking. It's like I, maybe after some time out, I want to cannibalize my... my the content of that article and, and beef up the handbook. Obviously, it doesn't. You can't just copy and paste it. Uh, but the nice thing about the FreeBSD journal is I actually do retain the copyright on the material I generate for that. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's a, a lot. I would definitely consider using that information to beef up the handbook because IPFW is underserved by the handbook currently. 
So the, the FreeBSD Mastery ZFS book is available today. I, I mm-hmm. saw a copy of it. So I guess if people wanted to pick it up, they can get it through the normal channels. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon or whatever. Or if you go to ZFSbook.com, we'll take you to the right place to get the ebook or the physical copy. Uh, it's also available from retailers in Europe and so on as well. All right. Well, I encourage everyone to pick it up, and thank you for taking some time for this interview. No problem. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. You can also find the episodes at archive.org. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 256.